Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of X Christian from India. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your presence and I hope you had a great weekend and a great day. Um, I wish you also a great uh, week ahead. Thank you for joining me on this relatively new podcast. Uh, it is um, a podcast to um, to tell you about my, my journey from uh, Christianity to ex-Christian. Uh, it's also to tell you the history about Christianity, uh, its fault lines, the Indian version of it, the different denominations, and so on and so forth. So we're doing a, a little part uh, where we, we talk about Judaism. If you're asking me why Judaism for Christianity, because Christianity starts with Abraham and the Abrahamic ideologies. It's just one part of the Abrahamic uh, concept. And that is definitely um, the Abrahamic concept is uh, where it starts. So you have to understand Abraham. You have to understand Judaism. Um, and basically, uh, you have to understand the whole history and the geomagnetics of, of uh, behind behind uh, Christianity. So we talked about um, we talked about um, my journey uh, first about Christ, from Christian to ex-Christian, the geomagnetic fault lines behind Christianity. That means the geography and the geology, because the geography and the geology define who you are as people. If we are, it's the currents and the waves, the currents of the earth that define um, our existence and what we do and what we don't, because we're geomagnetic energy field. And from there, we move upwards and and we then pan out over the planet. So the fault lines behind uh, the Levant, which is where Christianity comes out from, is is really devastating in the sense that it is one of the most important uh, fault lines uh, in history, in geography and and geology. Um, there's a fault line that that runs right from uh, that runs from. Um, from below the ocean, uh, the Sinai Desert, right up north to Greece and upward uh, and upwards and northwards, and this uh, fault line runs through the Levant, which means that there's constant friction and constant uh, turbulence in the region. So um, it, it impacts everything that uh, the human does because the human is an energy field attached to the land. So uh, basically, we talked a little bit about the history of um, of, um, of of Judaism. I read it to you a little bit about um, the story of uh, of Abraham and his his father Terah. I, I read a little bit to you, and from where he comes from. Um, and I'm today. I'm going to go into. Uh, further down the Abrahamic story, I'm going to briefly continue the Abrahamic story uh, with his Abraham's son Isaac. Okay, uh, so we know that Abraham was born um, around 1800, if I'm not mistaken, that I say that 1800 BCE. Uh, this is when the Saraswati River was drying up. So we know that if the Saraswati River was drying up. Um, um, 
all the people from that region, because the water was drying up, had to move away. So some moved further up north, some moved further down south, and some moved uh, westwards. Um, and that westward story uh, then became what's known as Abraham. So to briefly continue an Abrahamic story, uh, son Isaac was born uh, around 1544 BCE. While chronology of dates are disputed by modern uh, historians, we will use the official version for this chapter. One of Abraham's great-grandson, Joseph, son of Jacob, whose father was Isaac, uh, son of the patriarch Abraham himself, is sold into slavery uh, to the Egyptians by his brothers around 1546 BCE. 1522 BCE, Jacob and his clan moved to Egypt due to the famine and finally reconnected with Joseph. By the 1400s, the Israelites were then enslaved by the Egyptians. Moses was born in the 1300s, between 1300 BC and... Um, Moses delivers the people, the Hebrew people, to slavery, from slavery in what is known as the Exodus. It is in the Sinai Desert that Moses gives the Ten Commandments to the Hebrew people, thereby laying the foundation of the Jewish religion. Around 1270, that promised land was conquered. Um, 1270 BCE, the, the promised land that is modern-day Canaan and, uh, and Israel was conquered by the Hebrew people. Uh, biblical judges lead the people uh, until around 1025 BCE. King Saul becomes the first king of, of, um, of the 11th of, uh, of the region in 1025 to 1010 BCE. And there is a shepherd boy called David, the greatest of, of Hebrew kings, um, was born around 1000 BCE and is known, as, is known for killing of the giant Goliath. Uh, his Hebrew friends, King Saul's son, Jonathan. When King Saul and his son are killed in battle, David becomes the king of Judah, uh, somewhere around 1010 to 970 BCE. And the house of David is born. He unites all tribes and becomes the kings of Israel. Uh, it, is the king it is King David who commissions the first temple, but to tax the Hebrew people heavily for it. It is his son Solomon who became king in 1970 to 1931 BCE, who built the first Jewish temple, also known as Solomon's Temple, uh, or Beit Ham, uh, Hamikdash. The temple houses the Ark of the Covenant, a holy relic that houses the Ten Commandments and the laws of Moses. King Solomon is known for his knowledge and his and wisdom but not appreciated for his taxes. Uh, imposed on the public, he dies and there is a power revolt among the tribes, um, where the northern tribes form the kingdom of Israel um, and the southern tribes form the kingdom of Judah in 920 BCE. My dear friends, this is the fault line of history. The most important event in history you will know. Uh, please circle it if you're if you're listening, uh, note it down. When the kingdom of Israel is broken into two, that, my dear friend, defines history for the next 3,000 years. The situation remained as is until the Assyrian Empire conquered the tiny kingdom. Under the Emperor Tiglath Pileser the third, around 722 um, BCE, 
Under his successor, uh, Shalmaneser V, in 722 BCE, the kingdom was completely annihilated from the map. Uh, the ten tribes of Israel from the north in, uh, were taken into slavery all across, across the other parts of the empire and merged and in, integrated into Assyrian customs. From these tribes, uh, for, from these, some tribes moved away to what is now a region that forms the northern provinces of Afghanistan and Pakistan. The region of the Khyber Pass and what is considered the northwest frontier provinces of Khyber Pakhtunkhwa in Pakistan and regions of Afghanistan. Some tribes went away to what is now considered northeast Indian states of Mizoram and Manipur. The Babylonians would capture Jerusalem in 597 BCE. The kingdom of Judah continued to exist uh, as a vessel state under Babylonian rule, with King Zedekiah installed as a puppet king. Um, but Zedekiah eventually rebelled against Babylon and was removed. So Nebuchadnezzar besieged the city in 586 BCE. He installed a governor called Ged Gedaliah, and thus the southern kingdom of Judah was completely under Babylonian occupation. And the temple of Jerusalem, as well as the city, were destroyed. Thus the Israelite diaspora is now spread all over Europe, Asia, and Africa. It is important to note that at this point that all dates are approximate. In 539 to 538 BCE, the Neo-Babylonian kingdom fell to the Persian king, Cyrus the Great, and the Battle of Opus. Cyrus released all Jews from captivity and allowed them to return to Jerusalem, as well as rebuild their temple. He even allowed all vessels of, golden, of gold and silver stolen by Nebuchadnezzar to be returned to the Jews. The kingdom of Judah became the province of Yehud, uh, of Ye of Yehud, um, or Yehud Medinata. And thus, the second temple was built staring, uh, starting around 516 BCE and 70, until 70 CE. Uh, around 333 or 332 uh, BCE, the Macedonian Greeks under Alexander the Great conquered the Mediterranean provinces of the Persian Empire. The Torah is translated into Greek. Under Greek occupation, the Israelites were divided into traditional Orthodox and Hellenistic groups. Thereby, they institutionalized a prior divide from the Israelites of the Kingdom of Israel and people of Judah. Um, in, in 167 uh, BCE, the Maccabean Revolt began against uh, the Greeks. Uh, two decades later, the Hasmonean dynasty be became the ruling dynasty over Judah, and eventually the neighboring regions of Samaria, Galilee, um, um, Ituria, Paramea, Idumea, uh, from, from 1443-143 BCE to 63 BCE. They, Israelites, regained control of the Temple of Jerusalem and purified it. In, six, in 63 BCE, the Romans invaded Israel. In 37 BCE, Herod begins his rule and renovates the temple besides expanding its size. 67 CE, Jews begin the revolt against the Romans. 70 CE, the second temple is destroyed and kills up to a million Jews in what is known as the Holocaust, the first Holocaust. 
the second revolt in 132 CE against the Romans known as the Bar Kokhba revolt resulted in the Jews being banned from Israel by 135 AD. This was the end of the biblical kingdom of Israel until 1948 when the state of Israel was founded. During all these events, around 200 CE, the Mishnah is compiled, consisting of all the teachings of the rabbis, sayings and their interpretations. Oral traditions were codified into laws, hence the Mishnah is also known as the Oral Torah. Later, around 500 CE, hence the Mishnah is known as the Oral um, Hence, the Mishnah is known as the Oral Torah. Later, around 500 CE, we have the Gemara, or the Aramaic word to study. The Gemara consists of the analysis and commentary of the, of the Mishnah. Uh, the, uh, and the Gemara, um, sorry, together the Gemara and the Mishnah uh, is known as the Talmud. All in all, when one starts when one calls upon Jewish scriptures, scriptures, you will often hear the word Torah. The Torah starts with the word bet, a meaning house or gathering place, and or temple as in place where people gather. Uh, it ends with the word lamed. It comes from the root lamad, which means to learn or teach. It is also the twelfth letter in the Hebrew alphabet and the tallest letter. The Phoenician lamed. Uh, Hebrew Lamed, Aramaic Lamad, Syriac Lamad, and um, Arabic Lam. Today in the modern world, the alphabet is stuck on cars of students, drivers to signify as in ancient times, a student. Um, the Phoenician letter gave rise to the Greek uh, Lambada, uh, Latin L, and the Syriac L, E-L. The spelling of Lamed um, is also believed to be the acronym for the phrase Lev um, Mavin, Dat, meaning the heart that understands knowledge. Um, thus, we see the learning and knowledge is of great significance to a Jewish heart, all of which is supposed to bring peace to the souls of mankind. Peace be with you in Hebrew is Shalom Alechem. Shalom means peace. Alekem means upon you. Peace be with you in Aramaic. Salam lok. The basis of Judaic knowledge is expressed in Genesis. Male and female he created them and blessed them and called them their name. Adam on the day when they were created. Uh, here Adam, when they say, when the word Adam and Eve, we've heard about it very often. It starts with the Abrahamic concept. Uh, Abraham says, God first created Adam and Eve. Okay, And, uh, um, and that is in Genesis, with the first chapter of, uh, of the Old Testament, as we call it in Christianity. Um, but many people think Adam is a man and Eve is a woman. But it's very important to understand the disjunction. That when the Bible, the Old Testament, uses the word Adam, it is not in the name of a male, but in Hebrew means a human or species of human being. Literally, it means the male is a symbol for one or the soul who remembers, who is pure or like glass, internal self, a metaphysical, metaphysical energy. So when he says Adam, he's not talking about male uh, in the uh, in the context 3,000 years ago, 
it is talking about the metaphysical energy um, for the species of life okay so that's what adam means it's not adam it's adam in english but adam in in uh, in ancient hebrew so the female is the outer body the physical mass so male and not male and female but physical and metaphysical okay uh, so this is what the symbol of adam means um, adam um, is not a name like i said but in hebrew it means the human the species of human being literally the metaphysical energy uh, the 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 transparent energy that you can't see you can't feel but it's um it's a gravitational force around you uh, and it's pure as glass meaning not the man is pure it means that the man is uh, it means that the energy you can't see an energy you can't touch energy your hand goes through the energy the female means the outer body or the physical mass so basically it's talking of metaphysical and, and uh, physical and metaphysical that means the dust and the particle and the energy uh, behind it Hence, male and female did not mean the human species, but in the large sense, the concept where the physical body is a photosynthesis of the metaphysical body. This is the foundation of life. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, without the metaphysical soul, the, the metaphysical energy field, the physical body is redundant. One needs to understand the duality of these two components, two components to form a human or the species of life. The Jewish Bible or the Hebrew Bible is known as the Tanakh. Okay, um, we call it the Old Testament in Christianity. The Jews call it the Tanakh. Uh, the Tanakh is a synonym of the Torah, or the pe it's Pentaker as it's called, the Nevim or the prophets, and the uh, Tuvim or the scriptures and the writings. The Torah is normally seen as laws or instructions from Moses and direct revelation of from God in his own words. Uh, together with the laws of the prophets, the Kuturim, also known as the writings, uh, divinely inspired but with one less level of authority of the laws of Moses. Now take a look at the Old Testament. It talks about how God told the tribes of Abraham to fight against neighboring tribes. Uh, and take their land on on and on it go, uh, to take their land even if you want to make this up it would not work now you you take two steps back and ask yourself for a religion that is based on the ten commandments thou shall not kill what in the world were these lunatics thinking for the love of god they wrote the ten commandments and they they are the ones doing all the killing to make matters worse, if you ask the theologian today why the violence, the only answer you would perhaps get is, well, in those days, that that the violence, uh, why the violence, the answer you would get perhaps is, well, in those days, that's how things worked. Uh, your jaw drops to below sea level. The only things going through your mind at this point is on what grounds are they giving you moral lectures with the Ten Commandments. Did they ever hear you walk the talk? When you are little, you do not understand. You just swallow the theologians and the elders give you and move on. Forty years on, I am livid and I did not stand up to this ignorance fast enough. So here's some of the violence in the Old Testament. Okay. Chapter Numbers. Um, okay. Uh, numbers 25. Elijah 1. Kings 18 uh, verses 18 
chapter 18, verses 39 to 40. Um, Elisha, uh, uh, chapter Kings 2, uh, 23 uh, and, and 25, sorry, 2, uh, verse chapter 2, verse 22, uh, 23, and chapter 25, verse 9. Judges 19, Ezek, uh, Ezekiel 16, uh, Numbers again, chapter 21, Judges uh, chapter 1, Samuel chapter 15, Exodus chapter 32, uh, Joshua chapter 7, uh, Genesis. Um, and on and on and on it goes. If you're already tired, imagine that exactly your human psychic psychic is going through now. Everything we do is registered in our DNA and transferred from one generation to another. Our psychic is an electromagnetic field that is six billion years old. Can you ever imagine to uh, begin to imagine how we have accumulated all over this time? Yet our beloved religions and cultural establishments have all the intentions in keeping us uh, in ignorance. They insist that the currents uh, that form our waves are not important, thereby clearing the way to manipulate us. At the end of the day, the story does not change. Um, the people of this region have been lost since the Ice Age. Massive floods that ensure that climatic change would be destroyed in many of their brethren. This led to a disconnect, which led to the ignorance, thereby translated to violence. The violence disintegrated the people into groups, clans, and regional cities and states, which eventually formed empires and power units. They converted their stories into traditions and then into institutions to camouflage their agenda. And today we have religions. All religions therefore start out as culture in one era and, and becomes, go, becomes a power cycle, uh, becomes a, a feudal empire. Uh, this culture becomes religion. Uh, the religion dissolves and will become culture in the third era. So while Jewish history is interesting as usual, it's a product of its times. A time when knowledge of science and dwindling uh, and held all, only by a few people. As usual, all history and especially religious history, certain stories have been distorted to suit the interests of the ruling class. As a civilization was nearing ignorance, these stories have now become our traditions and have been repeated by society for thousands of years. But there are some gaping holes in the story. Like every civilization, what is culture in one era becomes religion in another. What is religion in one era will become culture in another. In the end, it's all about money and power. Coming back to history, what is important in, in Hebrew history is Moses. He was born an Israelite slave in Egypt. The Pharaoh at that time was ordered, has ordered all newborn Hebrew boys killed, uh, killed as he was worried about the Hebrew population explosion. Don't we do it today, my friend? Um, we're always born about population explosion. Moses' Moses's Hebrew mother wrapped the child in swaddling clothes put him in a basket and, and send him into the Nile. He was founded, found by the Pharaoh's daughter and grew up as a member of the royal family. After killing an Egyptian slave master who was abusing a slave, Moses fled around across the Red Sea to the Midian, where he counters God who asked him to back into, into Egypt and free Israelite slaves. After countless plagues, he, he leads the Israelite people through the Sinai deserts and onto the Promised Land. 
Moses, however, dies before he reaches the land known as Israel at Mount Nebo. Moses, also known as the prophet Moses, is a major figure in the Torah spanning the book of Exodus to the book of Deuteronomy. Hence, the chapters are known as the five books of Moses. Moses is also known for one very important concept in Judaism, besides giving the Jews liberation from Egyptian bondage. Called the Exodus, it is a story central to Judaism, an exodus that takes place in the Sinai Desert, when the Israelites are fleeing the slavery of Egypt. It is where the Torah of five books of Moses, as well as the Ark of the Covenant, was given to the Israelite people. Uh, the 16, 613 mitzvot, or the laws of God given to Moses, also come about in the desert. Uh, in the Ark, of the, the Ark of the Covenant, mentioned in the book of Exodus, uh, it is a rectangular box where the holy uh, Torah scrolls are stored. This was said as to have been made by the Jewish people in the Sinai Desert after they were freed from slavery. The dimensions for the ark was given by Moses, who was said to be to have received it straight from God. Exodus 25, uh, chapter 25, 29 to 10, also gives us a list of inventory items. When the Jewish people reached the Holy Land and set up home for the Jews, God gave Moses details for the construction of the tabernacle. Uh, the tabernacle is known as Mishkan in Hebrew, it comes from the Hebrew word to dwell. Uh, thus, it was the place where God dwelt. Very importantly, where the divine and earthly worlds met. Now, do you believe that God actually gives people dimensions of arcs and lists of gold and silver items to fill the ark? God is just a parable to explain the science of the creator. The creator is the sun that produces the electromagnetic currents and waves. Are metaphysical. God does not talk about what, uh, about what was behind the meaning of Exodus from Egypt. The concept of or word Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. Okay, people say uh, uh, Moses came out of Egypt, but there's no word Egypt in the Bible in the Old Testament. The word is Mitzrayim, uh, which they call today Egypt. Uh, the Egyptians themselves called the word Keme meaning black land. So when the Torah talks about Egypt, it's not talking about the geographical land of Egypt. Thus, Aim means double or multiple. So Mitzrayim, the word, the last part, Aim, A-Y-I-M, means double or multiples. You see the word I-M everywhere. You know you're talking about multiples. It's a Hebrew concept. So even if you have the word Muslim, M-U-S-L-I-M. I-M is Hebrew, my friends. It comes out of the Hebrew concept. It is not a, a, um, an Islamic word. Uh, the middle root, uh, Zah, Mitzrahim, so the, mid, the last four alphabets is Ayim. The, um, the middle four is T-Z-R-A. Uh, Zah, like in Zah, means narrow or form. So technically, something that tries to narrow you down of a form and enslave you into a group ideology influence the, uh, and controls your mind. That means put you in a box, a label, an ideology, uh, uh, like we have now, black, white, yellow, green. When you attach yourself to a particular form, you have become a slave to the label, to, form, uh, to the form or ideology. Our form is temporary, and therefore, and the story is about 
uh, it should not anchor us down as slaves, but by means, but but are meant to be lessons to learn, constantly adjust and move. Thus, the exodus from Egypt was always a way out of the attachment to this material uh, form, label, and ideology. From the liberation, we will be able to do our duty to ourselves and liberate ourselves from being anchored down to religion, groups, kingdoms, and empires. Uh, Genesis 13.1 says, and, and Avram, that means Abraham, went out of Mitzrayim with his wife and all he had, and Lot with him into the south. So when, when the Bible says, and uh, Abraham went out of Mitzrayim, means he went out of his form, his, uh, his label, his ideology. Uh, he just went out, uh, he, he left his label and he became free-flowing metaphysical energy, uh, not as, uh, aligning to uh, a group, a tribe, um, anything. So it's completely opposite. You see, it's completely opposite to what the religions are teaching us today, that Abraham came out of, um, sorry, um, Abraham came out of Ur, of Ur, Moses came out of Egypt. These are ideological concepts, uh, not uh, physical concepts uh, or geographical concepts, but it's told to us in completely a different story. So um, that, my dear friend, is all we have today. We've spoken for 30 minutes. We will continue it on Wednesday or Thursday. But like I said, I am talking about Christi uh, Christianity, the journey of Christianity, and to understand that, you have to understand the geography, the geology of the Levant, and where Judaism starts, Abraham starts, Judaism starts, because that is the base of uh, the Christian story. Uh, so until then, I thank you for your time. I hope you've taken notes. Uh, if you have any questions, you're welcome to reach me, xchristianindia at gmail.com. Um, and I will be glad to assist you on that. Um, until then, thank you very much for your time. You have yourself a great, great day.